If you would, find, find the passage, Ephesians 4, 7, and 8. So now, grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ or the Messiah's gift. For it says, when he ascended on high, he took prisoners into captivity. He gave gifts to the people. That's where we want to focus today. He gave gifts to the people. Let's pray. Father, help me to be a plain preacher today, so plain that a child would understand me. Help me to be in tune to your Holy Spirit, any word of knowledge you give to me to speak to a person or their situation. Lord, if you prompt me with it, I want to be obedient to speak to it. You look at all of us today in this room, but you see me differently. I'm your teacher, I'm your preacher, and upon me is a greater and a more strict judgment than anybody here in this place. And I know that, and I accept my place in rightly dividing your word. So in the name of Jesus, I pray his name that I preach. Amen. You can be seated. It's good to see you today. In verse 7, in verse 7 and 8, we were mentioning, we're mentioning about the gifts that he gives us. He gives us grace, and then he gives us gifts. And then in verse 8, he mentions Paul goes back to Psalm 68 and starts talking about ascension. I, I know that I, I was not raised to really focus on the ascension of Christ, and I don't want to focus on the ascension of Christ more than the cross and the resurrection. But the ascension is part of the gospel story. And it's a very, very valuable part of the gospel story to where even Paul goes back into Psalm 68 and he's using this. When he ascended on high, he took prisoners into captivity. He gave gifts to the people. Now, Paul is talking about the Lord giving you gifts in and through the church. We'll get there in a moment. But here's the picture that he uses. The picture that he uses is that when a king went to battle, and when a king was victorious in that battle, then he brought back the spoils, right? He, bought, he, he, he brought back that which he had taken in that area, and then he gave it, he distributed it out to the people that he was king or reigning over. So uh, Paul is doing the exact same thing with Jesus. When he ascended, when he ascended, it's not that he's going to be king when he comes back. He's already king, okay? A lot of people going, he's going to be king when he's come back. That's true, but he's already king now. And he is victorious. He has gone to battle for us, right? He has defeated sin. He has defeated the curse upon man. He has defeated death. He has defeated the grave. I got my own corner over here, don't I? And he, he has defeated Satan. Amen. So he, he's not only a king, he's a victorious king. Yeah. And so a victorious king gives to his people. And so he has distributed gifts to the people. So let me give you the, 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 the sequence here of how everything happens, because it may help you. But in Acts 1, where Luke wrote about the ascension of Jesus, and remember he's talking to the disciples, go to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the world. You will receive power. The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and you'll receive power. You'll be witnesses in these places. And he goes up into a cloud, and two angels come down, and 
They ask, why are you standing around stargazing? Jesus that you've seen leave is coming back. Yes, you remember that, right? So he's ascended into glory as a victorious king, defeating all that I've mentioned. So then what happens next? Here's the next sequence. Then the father sends the Holy Spirit. He had been promised earlier. Jesus had taught, was teaching, especially in the Gospel of John, that he would send the Holy Spirit. So he's ascended as a victorious king, defeating all that we have talked about already. And then the Father sends the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit comes, what's the next thing that happens? He bursts the church. The Holy Spirit gives birth to the church. That's Acts 2. He gives birth to the church. And then we find the Lord distributing gifts to the church. He gives gifts to the people. He gave gifts to the people. So he, he's at the right hand of God. He's in a place of authority and he's directing all this from his throne. And he, he gave us gifts today. I'll show you why I felt led to, to uh, really focus on this in just a moment. But let's talk a little more about gifts. Let's look at Ephesians 4.11. We started in verse seven and eight of Ephesians four, but let's look in, in, in verse 11. And he gave, he personally, he the Lord, personally gave some, and this is to the church, apostles, people who are being sent. That's what apostle means, to be sent. Some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. And he did this for the training of the saints and the work of the ministry to build up the body of Christ. Kim, go back to verse 11, if you will. And I, I want you to see, now you may not look at it this way, and I've got to even talk about your pastor, which happens to be me, but we are, we are considered gifts from God. Uh, you, you look at that in some in, in evangelists and right on all of it, all of it together is uh, looked upon as being gifts. You'll be in other countries, in other cultures, and they really do recognize their pastor, uh, especially if you get further in the South in North America. You'll find that the pastor is more revered than other places in culture. And I'm not saying you need to do that to me. I know you love me. I love you back, okay? I know that. So that's not a, I'm not fishing for anything here, all right? But I'm just letting you know what Scripture says. These right here are gifts of leadership. In verse 11, they're gifts of leadership. And they're there for a very specific reason. And we see that in verse 12. For the training of the saints in the work of the ministry to build up the body of Christ. Now, let's chat for a moment. I was raised in a culture where the people put the demand on the pastor. Yes? In other words, you'd get some young preacher and let's just let him go, you know? And then the Lord would convict you to do something and you would bring up that conviction, but you would expect the pastor to carry it out. That doesn't work because he gave the conviction to you. We grew up in a culture where the congregation expect the preacher to do all the ministry. And then we, so we can blame them when things don't go right. I, I told you, God, God made preachers so you get mad at them, right? So the, 
they're gifts, but they're gifts for a reason, for the training of the saints and the work of the ministry. My responsibility is when the Holy Spirit is working on you, come see me. My responsibility as a pastor is to help equip you in your ministry. I, I, I may need to tell you to add this or tweak that. Do you see what I'm saying? It's, it's you, you are, now I don't minister away from you, I minister with you. That's why it's called ad minister. It is, to, it is a ministry with you. But it's also a ministry to you to equip you going, hey, hey, Jeffro, you can call me Jeffro. The Lord is doing this in me. I don't know what to do with it all. Can you help me? That's my job. That's my job as a pastor, to help equip you to do the work. Do you see that in scripture? Forget how you've been raised. Look at the scripture for the training of the saints and the work of the ministry. It's the training of you in ministry. Why? So that we'll strengthen the church. We will, we will, build, we will build up the church. But a North American culture is, let's just get some pastor that's charismatic and all that and can meet everybody. And I've had people leave our church because I didn't say hi to them at Walmart. And I really didn't even see them because Julie was more, wanted me to get the list more than she wanted me to speak to people, right? I literally have had people leave our church because they saw me at Walmart and I didn't say hi. And the truth is, I really never saw them to begin with. Again, I was focused on the list, all right? Which I should have been. Yes. But do you, see how, do you see how that has crept into our culture? Let's get a church, let's find us a young preacher that's all revved up, pun intended. You got it, right? Revved up, you get, come on, y'all. I know it's cloudy outside, but come on, come on. And, and let them go. That's not a biblical picture. A biblical picture is the Holy Spirit stirs you up. You, you, you've, you've got an inkling, an unction on what you do, but you don't know it all. And then that's where the pastor comes in and helps equip you. These are leadership gifts that are mentioned in verse 11. Now hang on with me here. I wanna teach you something about this. We live in a hurry up culture. We, I'm going to get to preaching about parenting and kids. We want our kids to grow up way too fast. Let them be kids, you know? When they're little, we want them to act like they're teenagers. Let them be kids. Let them do that. I mean, I can remember when Andrew was, was go, go gadgets, you know? I don't even know, maybe that's too much of a gap for you all, but you, you, you understand I just let him be that. It's okay. I didn't want to make him a teenager when he was seven years old. We live in a hurry up culture and we even do that within a church. Equipping people for ministry and maturing them in Christ does not happen in a microwave. It happens in a crock pot. All right? It's, you've got to be patient. And for those who want everybody else to hurry up, I have to be patient with you too. There are people in this room that I knew years ago and I have watched them through the years. I have watched the Lord mature them, crock pot. I've, I've 
pastor has tweaked some of their life when they came to me with it, some of their ministry when they came to me with it, but I've just watched them. Remember, it's patience. Patience is a fruit of the Spirit. And be patient. God's patient on us. And he's patient with you and me. And let's be patient with each other. And meaning, we, we don't mature you that fast. It doesn't happen that quick. It, it happens over a matter of time. So we train the saints, these leadership, the leadership that I mentioned there in verse 11. It's a training of the saints to build up the church so that we will be united on who Jesus is. Those are the verses past verse 12. That we're mature in Christ and we're strong in truth. And that takes time. That takes a long, long time and it becomes patient. Now, I'm, I'm not gonna put this on the screen. I'm gonna give you five groups of gifts. Uh, I'll mention them two or three times. I'll go through them if you wanna write them down. They won't be on the screen. One I've already given to you. Scripture tells us there is a group that is leadership gifts and I've just given to you that in, in verse 11. Um, there are communication gifts that are grouped together. It has to do with proclamation and encouragement, all those things. There, there, are, there are gifts that are grouped together in what's called a faith group, which is intercessory prayer and, and all that. There is a group that comes together that's called service gifts, which are hospitality, helps, and service, all those. And then there is a, there is a group called power gifts, which has to do with deliverance ministries. It has to do with miracles. Uh, all that's involved there the, and God uses in faith ministries. So that's leadership, if you're writing this down, communication, faith, service, and power. Those are, those, but there, if you break them all down, there is anywhere from 26 to 30 individual gifts, depending on how you break them down, that God has given to the church. Uh, I use C. Peter Wagner, the, the letter C. Peter Wagner. Uh, is a, I love his spiritual gift inventory. It breaks it down more than any that I've ever seen in my life, and I love it. Uh, and I use that in new member training for us here in our church. Let me give you some listings in case you want to write this down, and I'm going to read through them, so hang with me. Uh, Romans 12, 6 and 8. We have, a, we have a grouping of gifts. According to the grace given to us, we have different gifts. If prophecy, use it according to the standard of one's faith. If service, in service. In teaching, if in teaching, in teaching. If exhorting or encouragement, in exhortation or giving encouragement. Giving, do it with generosity. Leading with diligence. Showing mercy with cheerfulness. All those are a group of gifts. Look at 1 Corinthians 12. 4 through 11, walk through it with me. Write this down. This can be a reference for you. Now there are different gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different ministries, but the same Lord. There are different activities, but the same God is active in everyone and everything. A demonstration of the Spirit is given to each person to produce what is beneficial. To one is given the message of wisdom through the Spirit. To another, the message of knowledge by the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the one Spirit. To another, the performing of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between the spirits or discernment. To another, different kinds of languages. To another, the interpretation of languages. But one and the same Spirit 
is active in all these, distributing to each one as he wills. There's just all these groupings of gifts that he gives to the church. Here's what I want you to remember today. I want you to remember that those gifts come from him. You do not, when you come to our church, I don't give you an empty tray and tell you to go through the spiritual gift buffet line and say, I want this and I want that and you pick it. All right, Uh, you're not picking the gift. The Lord gives them. I want you to remember that it comes from him. All right, it comes from him. The Romans says the call of God is irrevocable. He doesn't take it back. So you, you can't say, well, I've done this gift for a while and I want to trade it in. It's got 50,000 miles on it. I want to trade it in. You don't do that. All right. Nobody has all the gifts. We couldn't stand them. You know what I'm saying? We would not be able to stand those people. Nobody has, I know a few people in my 37 years of ministry that thought they had all of them, but nobody has all of them, all right? We all have at least one. All, if you're a believer, and I really underline a believer, if you're a believer, you have at least one gift. We don't all have the same gifts. Scripture doesn't say that. Some people will use tongues in that, saying if you're Christian, you're, you know, if you're a believer, you have tongues. It does, it, even Paul says, does everyone have this? And it's a rhetorical question. So not everybody has the one, uh, the one gift that's all consuming, but you have at least one gift. And it, remember that it comes from him. O.S. Hawkins wrote this. I, I love what he said here. Remember that these gifts are supernatural. You're not going to pick them up in a store. You're not going to order them online. You're not going to develop them yourself. They are supernatural. They are not rewards. And they are not natural abilities. They come to you when you first become a believer. Remember the sequence that I gave you? that he's ascended, he's on high, the Father sent the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit birthed the church, and then he gave gifts, he gave gifts to the church. Uh, if you're needing that sequence to help you a little bit, let it be that way. And it's the, the Holy Spirit, when you become a believer, the scripture says in, in at least two places where the Holy Spirit comes to live within you and he seals you like a Ziploc bag, right? And I need to know when, it, when it's two different colors and it becomes one color, I know that it's sealed. He seals you with his Holy Spirit and his Holy Spirit is only a guarantee and a deposit of what is to come in the future. And so in and through that Holy Spirit filling us, he gives gifts to the church. No, they're supernatural because they're from him. Listen, one of, the, one of the problems we have is we're believers and we try to live in a natural world, but you are called to a completely different world. We, the scripture says we're in it, finish it for me, but we're not of it. 
Jesus says, I'm of another world. The kingdom is absolutely, totally different than the natural progression of the world. And we live differently. So you need to understand, I think it's supernatural to think that he saved me, you know? I think it's supernatural to think that the Holy Spirit comes and lives in me. I think it's supernatural to know that heaven has given us who are believers gifts to be able to use in the church. And they're not just natural abilities. They are heaven sent gifts. Cecil Sherman writes, they are sacred. They're sacred because they're from him and they have with them, they're from heaven with heavenly intentions. I know we can be in discussions and talk about what we think is wrong with the church. You know, preachers aren't preaching and people aren't doing and it just goes on and on. But let me ask this question. Could it be that the church in North America is not as strong as it needs to be because heaven, the Lord himself has given you gifts and all you've done is hidden them? That you haven't used them? Can you imagine? Think with me for a moment. You have surrendered yourself to Christ. He has filled you with his Holy Spirit, literally. And through that, he has given you at least one gift, probably more than that. And we have buried it, which becomes the parables of the talents. You know that in the gospels, he buries them and doesn't invest them and doesn't. And could it be that the church of North America is the way it is because God gave you a gift and you have been sitting on it? Because remember, he said, he gave it to, to build up the church and to strengthen the church. Uh, most of us think our, our duty is just to come and suffer through one of my sermons. God bless you all, bless your heart. But you, you see, he's gifted us. Man, he, when he saved us, he started leading us into a supernatural life. It's a sacred life. And what are you doing with what he's given to you? Don't, don't look, I don't give you the gifts. I only need to help train you and equip you in the gifts he's given you. How do you use it in the church? How do you use it in the kingdom? That's my job. But your job is to discover what it is and then exercise and work in your gift into the church. So to all believers, he, he gave them to us edify the church, to bring glory to him. Don't forget this one, to bless others. Now, I want to thank you. I don't, you're going to sound like I'm jumping on you. I'm not jumping on you. But I, I know if you're a believer, I know that you have at least one gift. And I want to help you d discover it. I want to help you put it into practice in and through the church and in the kingdom of God. But I want to thank you for your gifts I want to thank you for your gifts and how you've used them in this church and our ministries in the past. I want to thank you for that. I want to go ahead and say in advance, thank you for using your gifts in the ministries that he's going to call us to in the future. I want to thank you in advance for that. I also want to thank you for last week in Vacation Bible School. Um, it went relatively smooth. It went very smooth. Yes, there's organizational skills that are there, but I just want to tell you why it went well. It's because people were using their gifts in and through the church. And we've got different departments for everybody to serve in. It's, I, I'm in charge of the trash. That's my department. Um, 
Carl, Carl Doolin, they were out there playing dodgeball and he told all the kids to be nice and then the preacher runs in and starts throwing everything at them, you know. So um, I sat back. I may not look like I'm paying attention, but I am. And I, I was watching everything work together. I may not act like I'm listening, but I do. It's how you learn. And I'm watching how everybody had their niche. Everybody, and it all, why did it go so smoothly? It's because people were doing what God had gifted them to do. And it all comes together in a, in a beautiful, beautiful picture. It all came together. I was able to be able to see that. Now, we've been doing Bible school a long time. I've been doing it for about 37 years. And I'm, I'm older and I'm slower and I can't multitask like I used to. And some of us in Bible school uh, are older and slower. And uh, I, I, I woke up this morning realizing I'm still recovering from vacation Bible school. Uh, e even in Bible school, I was in here for worship and we were singing a new song. And it's that new song that says, you are, you are, you are, you are, you know, and that they move so fast that I'm, I'm, I'm a whole stanza behind, you know. Hey, hang on, the, my first church, there was a little lady in our church, and when we would do responsive reading, do you, anybody remember responsive reading? is in the back of your hymnal, right? And it, it, it could be on repentance or something, it was topical. And so the leader would read the bold print, and then the audience would le read the light print. And there's this little lady that we pastored in my first church at Trammell Creek, she was always a line behind. And when everybody else had quit, Miss Valdi would just come on with it, you know. She, I, when I came here to worship, they were singing so fast, I, I felt like Miss Valdi. I, I, I couldn't get the URs. I just, I got one UR. I think there's about four of them in there, but I got one of them, right? And we, we listen, we respond differently to it, but hang on. As long as you have breath, serve the Lord and serve him with the gifts that he has given you. I, listen, hey, I, I won't make you a strong church. No pastor will. I don't care how much they spit and yell. It won't happen. What makes you a strong church is you exercising the gift that God has given to you in and through this place. That's what will make us a strong church. And my responsibility is to help mature you in that. What gifts he's given you and to mature you in that. Do you see that? But I wanna thank you. I think back when we were mobile for almost nine years and people would just see what needed to be done and would just do it. Whether it was how you load a trailer or how you build the carts and whatever, people would just say, man, we need to do that. And, let's, and, and let me just tell you that. I wish for that again here. See, see the needs and, just, and quit thinking organizationally. Quit thinking corporate America. Let's bring somebody in to do it. When you see the needs here and it matches your spiritual gift, come let me help you put that to work. Are you getting this? Are y'all getting this? It's, so he's given you gifts. And I, I just, I wanna thank you for using them. I wanna thank you for what you've done in the past. 
I want to thank you for how you're going to use your gifts in the future because to much is given, much is required. And the Lord will continually give us more ministries to be a part of. And when that happens, and it matches what God has put on your heart and the gifts that he's given to you, say yes to that. Some of you, I think, already want to do things, but you just don't know how to do them. And you, you, don't, you don't want to say you don't know how. That's okay. I'll help you. I, that's my job is to help equip you to be able to do those ministries. We're gonna, we're gonna pray the pace prayer here. And uh, I'm gonna lead you in that. And um, for those of you who, who, are not, who are new to our church and you don't know, this comes from Adrian Rogers. I, I loved Adrian Rogers. He's with the Lord now. But he gave this to younger pastors. And I remember this from long ago. Used it, left it, and then have revisited it. It's just been a great... Uh, introduction back or reintroducing it back into my life and I've been sharing it with you but let me walk you through it real quickly for those that don't know it if you're new to our church if you're even a guest today is the the P stands for praise and you can lift your hands if you want to you don't have to but you lift your hands in praise we give praise to the Lord the A stands for accept uh, I add the word acknowledge to this, uh, even receive, but you form your hands like a bowl, you can do it like this, or I, I just may have a bigger bowl. <laughs> and uh, you uh, form it like a bowl, like you're receiving or accepting into a bowl. And the C is I raise my hands and surrender. I give up control, which so many of us can deal with. In fact, all of us can. And then I, the E is I live in expectation. My arms are wide open in all that he can do. So I'm gonna ask you, if you will, to, to bow with me. We're gonna walk through this praise, this pace prayer. And uh, when we get to the A, the accepting part, let's, let's accept the gifts he's given us. And you're gonna go, preacher, I don't even know what they are. Well, we can help you with that. But let's accept them. He knows us, he's given them to us for a reason. And let's accept his gifts, acknowledge that he has given us gifts. And why do we use his gifts? To build up the church, make it strong. We use his gifts to bring glory to him and we use our gifts to bless other people, okay? It's a supernatural life and let's receive it today. So bow with me. Let's lift our hands in praise. Father, we give you praise for who you are. There is no one like you. We've been singing all morning that you are a victorious king. You are El Shaddai. You are the God Almighty. There's no one like you. We put no other God before you. You are the one and only God. And Lord, we accept acknowledge, receive your love for us, your grace bestowed upon us, your mercy on us, Lord. We receive your salvation that you've given to us. We respond to your salvation. And Lord, we even accept and acknowledge that you've gifted us when we first believed. And Father, Kindle that gift in us. Set fire to that gift and gifts that you've given in us. 
and bestowed upon us. We give you honor and glory in serving you with our gifts. And see, Lord, we surrender. We, 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 we surrender our control and we surrender to you. We trust you. We have a lot of questions. There are a lot of question marks in our life, but we trust you. We trust that you know exactly what we need and we trust that you're gonna meet that need at the, at the perfect time in our lives. We trust you, Lord, and we surrender our lives to you. And then, Lord, we live in expectation. We live in expectation of your beautiful return. One day you will come again. You're not gonna just be king then, you're already king. And we live in expectation of your return. And then Lord, we live in expectation that you are going to work in us and through us to tell your story to a lost and dying world. We live in that expectation. Father, I pray on behalf of our people today, I pray that we understand and we acknowledge that you have sent us gifts and we are going to serve you faithfully through what you have given us and what you have done in us. It's in the name of Jesus that I pray and that we pray together. Amen. I love you guys, okay? Let's stand. Let's continue our worship. Counselors will be in the altar. If you want to come, be prayed with and prayed for. You come. The invitation is this. Whosoever will, for whatever reason, you come. As the team leads, as you respond.